ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. You survived another week. Thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing to the Urban Shooter Podcast. This week on episode number 276, it might just be too hot to rant. In the news, Google, Blanchard Media Group, Gun Rights Policy Conference, legally armed in Detroit. They got an OC dinner. Storm One, Blanchard Zero. A shoe review from Barbara Baird. I got some blue comedy and an adult rating for this episode. Leprechaun Story, Part 3. Dry firing is still good medicine. All this and a whole lot more. Coming up on this, ah, it's hot, summer episode of the Urban Shooter Podcast. Crossbreedholsters.com presents the Urban Shooter Podcast. Thank God for an expert. The weekly pro-gun variety show featuring the internationally known black man with a gun. Your friend and brother from a different mother. That's what I call a close encounter. Ken Blanchard. Love it. This is a star. You're going to love it. It's a classic. All right. Welcome to the fun-filled, factual, and low-fat episode of the Urban Shooter Podcast. I'm Ken Blanchard. I'm so glad. You decided to join me again this week. This week podcast, I'm going to take you inside the nightclub of my imagination. You know, it's been super hot on the East Coast this week, and I'm inviting you to sit down and have a drink on the house. Doesn't matter whether it's Pellegrino, Perrier, or tap water. We have all the sodas, even the illegal New York sizes of Pepsi and Coke products both. Yes. My name is Ken Blanchard, propriety of this establishment known as the Urban Shooter. Welcome. Tonight's entertainment features Bones Hooks and a guy that looks a lot like Rodney Dangerfield. And on that note, I have to warn you up front that Big Rodney will be doing some old and new blue material in the range of Rodney's late night comedy. So this show has to be R-rated this week. There's some profanities going to be used. This is Big Rod's debut, actually. He's never been heard before. Anywhere else. Found this dude on Craigslist, actually. And I was looking for something else. And after talking to the guy, I wanted to give him a shot to do something he always wanted to do. He had no idea he was talking to a crazy man. But you're going to get a chance to hear Big Rodney's debut here on the Urban Shooter Podcast. We had some big crowds in here last week. The room had like 2,300 people in it. I'm interested to see what the downloads and the comments are after this episode. Hopefully, you'll stick around. If you listened last week, you know that your friend and your brother from another mother had a rough week. I'm going to talk about that today. With me, it was the power outages, but from talking to a few friends lately, you had some stuff go down, too, that wasn't too kosher. And I'm sorry to hear that. After last week's super long episode celebrating Independence Day, I might just balance it out with a little bit of shorter one this week, but we'll see how it goes. You know, it's too hot to rant. Anybody out there stressed? Anybody a little irritable? Let me hear you if you love peace and quiet. All right, I talked about the summertime blues last week. And I appreciate the feedback that I got from that. You know, depression is merely anger without enthusiasm. On the 4th of July, I put up a video with Barbara Baird and Julie Gollub, Destiny, and a bunch of women that are leaders in the gun community online just to show the world that uh, girls got it going on. They're breaking some stereotypes, and that's always hard. And I appreciate it. I, I got a thing for those who... Break out the norm, you know. Busting stereotypes is always hard, especially for women. And I blame it on Barbie. Too many little girls have been set up trying to be a doll. Do you know if Barbie were a real person, she'd be six foot tall, weigh 100 pounds, and wear a size four dress. Her measurements in reality would be something like 39, 21, 33. Yeah, she a mutant. If Barbie is so popular, why do you have to buy her friends? Well, you can see what kind of show we're going to have this week. A little this, a little that, a little cornball humor. But uh, again, I 
keeping it light because it's been heavy on some people's minds. If the speed of light, for example, is 186,000 miles per second, then what is the speed of darkness? I got to quit that before you think I got a uh, joke book for my birthday. In a little while, Barbara's going to give us a product review about some boots that she highly approves of. And I'll be sharing some news clips and some stuff that I, uh, I found, I think, a little later on. I want to thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing to the show. You can hear it on Stitcher.com on your smartphone for free or download it on your iOS device through the new podcasting app on iTunes. And the Urban Shooter app actually is all now fixed up for iPads and beyond, so check that out. Let's get right on with John Wayne's Pledge of Allegiance as he leads us in our Pledge of Allegiance because we need that to be on one accord. Got to get an amen, somebody. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. All right, I got the drink orders out already. I got two half smokes here, onion rings, and sweet potato fries here on for this table right here. Alrighty, and here's the two waters. All right, back to the show. In the news this week, Google threw a curveball to some folks and got the gun community in an uproar to already add to our flaring and raging tempers about everything else the government is doing. Truth of the matter is, folks, don't be upset. For every action, there is an equal and opposite criticism. What I'm saying is, don't go all Charlie Sheen or Captain Kirk out on me, okay, about Google. The real deal is, Google is a big player in the world. It's a publicly traded company. It's trying to play nice and appear above the board in states and jurisdictions that hate gun anything. Their change doesn't affect companies like GunBroker.com or my favorite, LuckyGunner.com that sells guns and ammos with their their own search engines and stuff anyway. Speaking of Lucky Gunner, use them if you're not picky about your ammo brand and use my affiliate link you'll find on KenNBlanchard.com. So a brother getting a few uh, Cruzeros out of the deal. Money is tight for me right now. You know bills travel through the mail at twice the speed of checks? Feeling lonely? Looking for some love? If you think nobody cares, try missing a couple of payments somewhere. Well, I got that call from Hollywood. It seems like the History Channel is going to um, fly me out to California uh, next week, I believe. And they've been real hush about it, so I don't even know what, the, what, to, what not to say about it. I'm really excited, though, and fearful at the same time. This is something I have to, wanted to do for a long, long time. And what if I get it, or I don't get it, or I get it and it sucks? You know what I'm saying? I feel like I'm diagonally parked in a parallel universe. Actually, I guess I get over it, right? Also, Blanchard Media Group. I'm starting to work on that thing, and um, I'm beta testing a new site with a form, video, and audio capabilities, and a whole bunch of stuff for the content creators that I want to join me in this new venture. I sent an email already to a few folks to have them check it out, and uh, I haven't heard much yet. Might have to use my old training that if first you don't succeed, destroy all evidence that you tried. But, you know, I've been at this podcasting thing since 2007. Is that bragging? Nah. I'm just thinking out loud that there's a very fine line between a hobby and mental illness. I mean, I'm really trying. I think I'll be selling my Harley Electric Glide. Um, it's a 2005 Less than 6,000 miles on it. It's in pristine condition. Garage kept. Has some custom stuff on it. It's uh, baby blue. I'm trying to pay my son's last year in college with it. My little dude of six foot is doing well, but has almost $80,000 in college tuition slapped on him right now. And I'm not trying to make him pay $100,000. i am proud of the dude. So if you're interested in a, in a bike that I have to get rid of, uh, let me know. Just send me an email, and uh, I will find a way to get it to you. All right, we're still feeding people and pouring the drinks. I got two Mexican margaritas, a Cuban mojito, and a Brazilian caparina 
for a table in the back. Y'all don't know this, almost exact same drink from different parts of the world. Hey, have you heard about that open carry dinner in Detroit on August 13th? I'm going, and in fact, I'm speaking. It's a Monday night in a nice place with dinner, live entertainment, and more. So I'm hoping that you'll come to it. It's one of the few gun rights um, social events that we actually have. It's always just politics and rants, and everybody doesn't really get into that. Hey, did you know that there's a black guy that's organizing this thing? Yeah, for real. His name is Rick Ector, really nice guy. Also, I want you to put your calendars up um, for the Gun Rights Policy Conference this year. It's in Orlando, Florida, the last weekend of September. I got my plane tickets already, excuse me. So I hope that you will plan to go so we can uh, make a fuss in the back somewhere. The conference is free. They give you a pile of free books and most of the gun rights activists that you see online and read about will be there. Oops, so we got the order of barbecue ribs, cornbread, potato salad, and baked beans, fried chicken, extra hot wings, and a garden salad right here. I got a Carolina pork barbecue sandwich, side order of collards right here. And this is for you. Didn't you order the smoothie alcohol-free? Gotcha. Gotcha covered right here. We'll give you all those goodies right here. We're going to keep right on going. And next up is a word from our sponsor. Being an armed citizen means having a gun with you all the time. Carrying a firearm every day requires a holster that is both concealable and comfortable. Whether you choose our Super Tuck Deluxe or Mini Tuck, you'll have the confidence that comes from being discreetly and comfortably armed, prepared to face unforeseen dangers. Crossbreed holsters are handmade in the USA, come with a lifetime warranty, and a two-week try-it-free guarantee. Order your holster today at crossbreedholsters.com. I'm really glad you decided to join me here in the Urban Shooter Room, and uh, we're having a good time, and folks are really getting down on this soul food. Don't forget, I want you to relax and kick back right now. We're having a good time in here. Air conditioning is feeling good, and... uh, company is great. Barbara's up next. Woman'sOutdoorNews.com's Barbara Baird. Hey, Urban Shooter. Here's a little boot review. Boots have always been the bane of my existence. I inherited my dad's feet with a wide toe box, but I got my mom's high arches and narrow heels. I have worn through many pairs of boots that weren't necessarily bad. They just didn't fit right. So just when I think I've found a pair, they turn on me. They blister me when they start to wear out, and they sag out, and they stretch, and they slip, and they blister, usually about five miles away from home. Did I say they blister me a lot, even when I wear good socks and perfect insoles? And I've been to boot specialists in hiking stores who have worked with me on fit and function. Not so good. So when I received an invitation from Ingrid Niehaus to stop by the Loa booth at SHOT Show last year, I figured I owed it to her. She's a great businesswoman, and and she's a good person, and she really cares about the products she represents. And besides that, she put me in a kayak with an NFL player a few years ago on the Arkansas River, and I still owe her payback for that interview. Not only was Ingrid at the boot booth, so was Tudor Dragomir, a boot designer with Loa from north of Munich. Yes, the Germany Munich, not the one in North Dakota. And we talked boots, and Tudor explained how Loa likes women's feet. It believes in designing from the foot out, not from taking a man's boot and attempting to break it down to fit a woman's foot. Tudor said, from the outside, a Loa boot looks similar, but it is completely different than a man's boot. It is a different last, it's a different thickness of the midsole to make it more flexible because women are not as heavy as men. In fact, Loa hires a boot designer who works at their headquarters in Munich. Now, I hike and I hunt, and most of the time I do both at the same time. So Ingrid and Tudor decided to send me a pair of Renegade GTX, the top-selling boot for men and women. And when I write top-selling, I'm talking about half a million pairs per year worldwide. The Renegade features a monowrap Evo Comfort construction, and this means it offers a lightweight, sleek profile, but it still comes with a supportive stabilizer. I especially like that it has a stiff nylon shank that works really well in these Ozark Hills during turkey season, where I hunted for 19 days in these boots, averaging at least five miles a day on rocky terrain. Some of the other things I like about the boots, the upper is made of Nubuk leather. 
The lining is a seamless waterproof Gore-Tex lining that reduces hot spots. And it also has a footbed that is climate controlled with comfort perforations to improve breathability. All very important for wicking away that moisture that, that accumulates in your boots. Has derby style lacing, and here's the sweet part, handcrafted in Slovakia. Where on their website they describe it like this. Bordered by Austria, a member of the European Union, and one of the fastest growing economies in the EU. Loa employs a large group of highly skilled bootmakers in this delightful country. Now, doesn't that just sound like something you want to put on your foot? From day one, I wore these boots all day long, comfortably for hours. They support my feet marvelously, and when it seems like my ankle is going to turn, it's like it magically pops back into place. And they come in low-quarter models, too, not just the taller boot model around your ankles. I wear these boots all the time now. For shooting on the range, for hiking, for coyote and squirrel hunting, for pig hunting, for going to the grocery store to buy arugula to pair with venison tenderloin and pasta, for pushing my grandbaby in her stroller on a trail in North Carolina. Hey, I would even buy my own pair at a full price, and that's $220. And I'm looking at doing so because no outdoors person should own a single pair of gray boots. You always need backup. Five stars, all A's. High five. Get these boots. Go to loaboots.com. That is L-O-W-A boots.com. And thank you, Ken. Ah, uh, you're welcome, Barbara. All right. Now it's time to talk about the storm. Storm one, Blanchard zero. I think John Wayne is the one that said, life is hard. It's harder when you're stupid. And the birds are singing now, but the beauty of the song was lost a few days ago when my neighborhood lost electricity, internet access, landline phones, and even the cell phone connectivity. The cold shower I had to take didn't feel as bad as it did the last time the power went out during the winter. It was almost tolerable. I still had to psych myself up for it all, though. I needed to get cleaned up. It had been a long night. Tempers in my house were flaring. My family was on edge. Neighbors were not very neighborly. All things convenient had been out for 32 hours at that point. It's July, and the humidity in the nation's capital area is over 80%, and the temperature has been record-breaking at 95-plus every day. What happened? It wasn't a terrorist attack. It wasn't a cyber attack from hackers. It wasn't a nuclear, biological, or chemical attack on the U.S. government. It wasn't really a natural disaster, like a hurricane, a tornado, or a flood. And it wasn't even a zombie apocalypse, but it felt like them all. It was just a storm. It was one of the most violent storms I've ever seen. It crept over the mountains of Ohio and slammed in parts of the East Coast indiscriminately. Winds in the 70-mile-per-hour range snapped trees, roofs, signs, and power lines around this place like it was a tornado alley. The next morning and the next couple of days, traffic was horrible. The lines for the gas station was dangerously long. Cars were wrecking into each other for no apparent reason. People made mad dashes into intersections where there were no lights. There were crashes on streets without lights. Folks were running into hardware stores and didn't even know what they were buying. Folks just lost their mind. I got up early that Saturday morning to gas up my van in case I had to use it as a power source to pack up the family, recharge our cell phones, or as an emergency cooling station. The roads had a lot of debris on it. And luckily, at the time, the gas stations were still, and you were able to get to it by then. I went looking for a hotel early, just in case the power didn't come on. I knew that once the rest of uh, Maryland got up, it was over for the um, rooms. But one, I had no luck. It was before checkout time. Two, some places didn't have power either. And three, there was already no vacancies. This was at 7 o'clock in the morning. 
So I went back home and continued to think about what to do. This was only after the power had been out since the night before. It wasn't bad sleeping without the air on and the windows closed the first night. It was still too hot outside to open the windows. But the house was slowly heating up. Soon after I returned, my wife ran to the store to buy some ice and a dress. Yeah, really. I didn't stop her. It was pointless. She didn't know it, but she was in panic mode and was trying to work things out in her head. I let her go because if she made it back, she might listen to my direction. Unfortunately, if the zombies came, may God forbid me for saying this, I will have to ask her to go outside and check the mailbox. I love her, but she's a prepper's nightmare. I watched my wife of 21 years collapse from it all. She repeatedly tried to turn on light switches, turn on fans, and press buttons to turn things on that no longer responded. I love her. I really do. After 24 hours of it, it got on my nerves. She would have been the one that uses the drinking water to wash something. If you were hiding, she would be the one that would be complaining so loudly and scream till the monsters found you. Go check the mail, baby. She's like all that have grown dependent on the modern conveniences of our time. What you've been talking about for months is new information. Until now, survival, the preparation for when things get bad was, in quotations, extreme. Or extreme, there we go. Got some ebonics in there. It was the thought of all that junk was just anti-government and anti-Obama even, to even think that civilization would go crazy if something happened. But believe me, baby, it will. I live in the suburbs and just realized I married that chick from Green Acres. Darling, I love you, but give me Park Avenue. Remember that? All I could think of was, if the zombies come, go get the mail, baby. I think you got a new catalog from Nordstrom's. Realize my wife is not a frontier woman. But let me get off my wife for now. It was an eye-opener for me, though. If you're a married guy living in a city, preparing for times like these is serious business. If you are a friend of mine, I know you got guns and ammo and all that stuff already. But surviving with a household in a city environment is a real mother for you. You're going to need to figure out how you're going to survive without power and communication platforms you now take for granted. ATMs were down. Gas stations were either closed eventually or didn't take credit cards or debit cards. They had no power either. You needed to have cash on hand. You needed spare batteries and you needed lights. Speaking of that, one of the best lights I had was a headlamp from Coast. The Coast HL7 has like 196 lumens, a LED headlamp like the miners have. Man, I wore that thing with pride, navigating in and out of the doors when I needed to. So we had to stay in the basement the second night after not finding a hotel room. And that was okay. But the basement gets less light than any other place in the house. It was dark down there without that light. I reconnected with my dog, by the way. The wife hated being down there, even though the temperature was almost 15 to 20 degrees cooler the first few days after the power outage. My dog guarded us in the darkness better than any alarm system that now was beeping to tell me that there was no phone service or electricity available like I didn't already know it. Our alarm system was running on its backup batteries by itself. I think my dog whispered, send her to the mall if the zombies come. And I barked, right. Well, we lost food in a freezer and refrigerator by the second day as the temperature was over 100 degrees outside. I bought two new trash cans recently, and I had to fill up one and a half of them with all our food. One neighbor had a generator, and you could hear it a mile away. On the second day, he moved some trash cans in front of it, trying to camouflage it. I'm not sure if he thought he was under the threat of it being stolen or not, but he definitely did some cosmetic changes. At first, it was just kind of sitting out there in his driveway outside of his um, garage, the next couple of days, he had like trash cans in front of it. Also noticed that restaurants were closed as they either had no power or no staff. Eating is a big deal. 
I heard on the radio that water was being restricted and that the power had affected the water treatment plant, but we were not in danger as of yet. They kind of kept that on the low. They didn't say it like to make you panicky, but I kind of got the you know inference that the water would not be fit to drink after a while. So how much water do you have? Right now I'm looking at permanently getting a generator for the house. I mean like one of those big jokers. I want to hold up on my house next time and not venture out anywhere unless it's time to just leave for a long time. So I got a question for you. What do you have to do before the next emergency? Let me know. Hit me back on Facebook or Twitter. And let me know what you need to do before the next emergency for you personally. We'll compose a little note. Maybe for episode number 277. So the storm got me this time, but I'm going to come back. Guarantee it. All right, I got two glasses of our most expensive red wine here. There's a Dom Romane Conti, 1997, on the house here, ladies. And uh, we're going to bring Bones Hooks in here for a little music. The nighttime, darling, is the right time to be with the one you love. Now, baby, when I come home, baby, now I wanna be with the one I'm thinking of. You know, the nighttime, darling, woe is the right time. With the one I'm thinking of You know the one that I love You know my mother Had to die My father Well they broke down and cried Oh baby When I come home baby now I want you to hold my hand Yeah as tight as you can I know the night time Oh, is the right time To be with the one you love You know what I'm thinking of Whoa, sing a song, baby First time in the Urban Shooter podcast room, we're going to have some uh, some blue comedy. It's actually some profanity, so I'm going to give you some warning that if there are some children listening in the car or in your room, you might want to turn this down. Um, this is going to last for about six minutes. It's a debut 
of a Rodney Dangerfield impersonator. And uh, a little rough around the edges, maybe. I'll leave the judgment up to you. But um, please welcome Big Rodney. The following program is intended for mature audiences. Ladies and gentlemen, I have um, have a treat for you this week. And uh, I want to introduce to you Big Rodney. Big Rodney, welcome to the Urban Shooter Podcast. Dude, I'll tweet. I'll tweet. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good, man. Yeah, I'll tweet. I've had a rough day, a rough day. This guy invited me on his podcast, you know. I thought I was going to be okay. I introduced myself to him. I said, what's your name? The black man with a gun. I'll play it. <laughs> oh, this is a crazy world, you know. Oh, this is a crazy world. I have a crazy family. Let me tell you. I don't have a normal family life. Are you kidding? My wife shoots around the clock. <laughs> what's worse, we can't tell which of grandpa's arms is the second hand. My daughter, she's another bargain. She travels to Germany and gives every guy the clop. And my son needs a piece of work, too. My son screws everything that moves to Jersey. My uncle, he's been in jail more years than I can count. It looks good, though, after all these years in prison. His ass looks different, though, you know? My sister, she's screwed up, too. She's a lesbian, lesbian. <laughs> and my cousin, we don't know what's wrong with him. He collects postage stamps and George Washington's putting on them. Uh, my oldest nephew... He goes out with women, guys, and horses. Talk about hitting the bisector. And my grandfather's gone altogether. He sells feta cheese to the blind. I tell you, my family ain't normal. My cat had a gastric bypass. That's what I'll tell you. I'll tell you about the birds and the bees. All overrated. Like the rest of the zoology, you know? I'll tell you, as a kid, I had some lofty goals. I wanted to be a grown man when I grew up. Uh, if I had my life to live over again, I wouldn't change one thing. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? Everything is so loud, it wrecked my brain trying to think of just one thing. I'll tell you now, everything is different. I'll tell you, everything is different nowadays. I'll tell you, when a baby is born, the woman could bank her orgasm. I'll tell you, I had a very bad childhood, very bad. Growing up, I could have made a very good poster child. But unfortunately, at the last minute, the poster family decided not to adopt me. I'll tell you, for years as a kid, I'd say, oh, woe is me. Oh, what was me? So I got a little older. Realized I didn't have a foreign name. I'll tell you, show business is rough. I started out as a magician. A lousy magician I was. Every time I tried to cut a woman in half, she had a chastity belt. And all my shirts were short-sleeved. Are you kidding? The rabbits kept shitting in my ass. I couldn't do tricks. I wasn't sexy enough. I'll tell you, every time I tried to make a lady disappear, my mother-in-law would still be in the box. And my sleight of hand was terrible. You couldn't... Every time I tried to make a coin appear in a guy's ear, the whole audience could see me squeezing it in there. I didn't fool anyone. Are you kidding? And I sucked at card tricks. But how hard I tried, I couldn't change the greeting. I tried to be a ventriloquist, you know? All my puppets kept coming in my hand. I was unknowingly stimulating their process. Their prostate, huh? I'll tell you. To be young and in love, I remember sex when I was young. I remember getting out hot and heavy in public, you know? Someone walked by and said, Hey, get a room, will you? I said, Why, Father? I'm only jerking off. That happened to you, too. Huh. Hey, congratulate me. I just signed a three year contract with Sony. I bought a new TV. I never had any luck with TVs, are you kidding? I bought a flat screen. Couldn't find the right bra for it. Now they got these LCD TVs. Boy, I wish I had one of those. I found out what LCD means, too. Lucky cunt, dude. I tell you, growing up, growing up, our family was dirt poor. Dirt poor, I tell you. We owned the cleaning company. As a kid, to make money, I pitched pennies. Didn't make no sense, though, you know. I figured that being a form of money should have kind of sold itself. I tell you, take it from me. Everybody else has. I'll tell you. And my wife, my wife, I'll tell you, my wife is a lousy cook. A lousy cook. Huh. I don't think hash brown should make you high, you know. I don't think beef strong enough should be luminescent. How can a real color have nipples? A lousy cook. I don't think stuffed cabbage should do the can-can. And boy, is she ugly. And that's her problem. She looks like a boy. Ugly, are you kidding? In high school, she was voted most likely to be mistaken for the elephant man. 
my wife. We never consummated the marriage. On a honeymoon, I jerked off while she played the xylophone. Huh. Well, kind of sex we have is ale. Yep, she's very fussy and picky about it. Uh, I asked her for a hand job. She told me to fill out an application as a paper boy. <laughs> what a marriage. I can't screw her, but she lets me cock the tub. She's not interested in pleasing me, are you kidding? I told her it was always my fantasy for a woman to take me around the world. Next thing I knew, William Shatner popped up to the computer screen. I'll tell you, I have no luck with women. My first wife, though, was tailor-made. It may sound good to you, but you're twice sucking a woman with an empty dress. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, if it wasn't for pussy, who would a hooker do, you know? I'll tell you, my wife and I are always arguing. Every time my wife and I get into an argument, she turns into an alien. You should see all the flying saucers. My wife, I'll tell you, I'm a music lover, you know? For my birthday, my birthday, I told my wife to give me tickets to see Billy Joel. So I got Billy Club. I'll tell you, I get no respect, no respect at all. Right there, I put my foot off into my wife, now listen to my words. I want you to stop fucking other guys. He said, okay. If it'll make you feel any better, I'll have them fuck me instead. I tell you, even the good Lord up above doesn't give me any respect. Every time I ask for forgiveness, he asks me if I'll take a rain check. Oh, I'll tell you, hey, sex, are you kidding? Well, the only time my wife and I make love at all is when we have a half-decent tennis game going on. I'll tell you, no respect. No respect at all, Mr. Blanchard. No respect at all. <laughs> all right, Roddy. Thank you, man. <laughs> You know, it's been a while since I told you what happened to me in the leprechaun. It's been an ongoing issue. After the sheriff was killed, most of the department arrived for a follow-up to my house the next day. And all friendliness went out the window, even though I trained with some of them. I was taken to the courthouse for questioning. I was a person of interest. Nobody really said anything, but... Nobody believed my story that I was walking my dog on St. Patrick's Day and my dog discovered a hangout spot for a real evil-looking leprechaun. Nobody believed the leprechaun hit my dog with a pointy stick, jumped at me, missed, and I shot it with a forty cal Smith and Western round. Well, a couple, few times. And the creepy little elfin thing dissolved in some black tar residue. Well, cops came later while I was having a cookout from a report from shots being fired and the cop that walked out there with me ended up getting killed by another leprechaun, uglier and bigger than the one I shot. And this time I wasn't armed and the sheriff's deputy got drug off in the woods by this thing. I did a move reminiscent of the flash. I beat feet out of there. Well, now there's a disappearance on my property and nobody believes a thing I said. I knew it sounds far-fetched, but what's a brother going to do? I know what I am going to do. I'm about to go hunting. I already made up some targets and stuff to practice my leprechaun shooting. These things move pretty fast, and they're really small. But it's on now, baby. I'm going to the range in the morning. I need to uh, tighten my stuff up before I go to California. Don't want to be looking too shabby out there on the range. Be going out to Owen Target in Odington, Maryland right outside of Fort Meade Army Base. And it's supposed to be over 100 degrees, so I'm going to go early. Wait in line and then practice a little bit. Then for the next couple of days, I'll be doing a lot of dry firing. Dry firing is still good medicine. Dry firing is a generic term for practicing at home with an unloaded gun. Doesn't necessarily mean pulling the trigger but you can practice coming out of your holster, practice reloads, drawing, or any other skill that you need that doesn't require actual range time. Actually, it's worth its time you spend on it. The really big deal about dry firing is to make sure that you do so in a safe environment. You don't dry fire at an interior wall where a bullet could pass through if it accidentally was loaded. In the interior wall, with an outer brick wall on the outside or a stone fireplace works pretty good. I've even seen people who have uh, old Kevlar vest and they put it up in the corner and they use it as a target. Whatever it is, 
Never dry fire anything you don't want to destroy. That includes people, your favorite animal, your television set, or, you know, whatever. There's nothing in your house worth destroying. Just might as well say it like that. That gun was always unloaded, peace. It's got a lot of people. So never under any circumstances um, work with your firearm, with rounds anywhere nearby. Make sure it's completely unloaded. And don't do it when you're tired. Don't do it if you're drinking. Don't do it if you're impaired or any way. Dry firing is good because, see, in a range, you're paying by the minute. So if you can practice your presentation when you don't have to be paying for it, that's good business. Dry firing, you probably shouldn't do it with 22s. I think rimfire guns, you can mess something up. Um, I think Berettas don't like dry firing. You can crack the firing pin. I've read that somewhere. Haven't, don't know that for sure. So you might want to investigate that little factoid. And any gun manufacturer that has it in the nomenclature in the book that says don't do it unless you have a snap cap or a professional cap that's made to do that dummy cartridge or something. But spend some time holstering, unholstering, going through the motions, especially if you're going to be doing drills or a certain stage of fire that you know you have to do, practical pistol course, IPSC, IDPA, anything that you think that you'll be doing, do it first dry without shooting. Get used to moving. Get used to unholstering. Learn how your clothes work. Everybody buys that photographer vest. But if you don't wear that thing on a Monday through Friday, it's kind of awkward. Dress like you normally dress. Got a big Hawaiian shirt? Learn how to pull that thing up. Learn what, how you pants fit when you got a holster in it. A lot of folks who don't carry every day have no clue how uncomfortable and how different it can feel to carry. You don't want to wait until you have a class or you have to go somewhere before you know how it feels. All right? So dry firing is some, still some good stuff. If you haven't pulled out your um, pistol in a while, make sure it's unloaded, clear, and suit up. Do a little practice. It'll help you in the long run. I was looking online. I found out there's a couple of ranges. Um, there's one, a brand new one in Richmond, Virginia. They took an old colonial uh, furniture store and made it into a super range. Um, it's called Colonial Shooting Academy. And I think I have a link on my papers here somewhere. Um, nope, I didn't write it down. But it probably will be on the website if not today, tomorrow. Check that out, colonialshootingacademy.com. I think it might be it. And um, it's a high-speed range. It's kind of the takeoff of um, Silver Eagle Group here in Ashburn, Virginia, where it's a country club kind of thing, and they got private membership and everything special. But I think the Ashburn thing didn't work out so hot. They had to come down on the prices and uh, make it for the regular man again. Yep, that's the deal on that thing. Let's see, we're about the 43-minute mark. What we got left? Did you get your beer? I got the beer for four brothers right over here. Uh, Carlsberg, Jacobson, Vintage Number 1, uh, Coors Light, and two MGDs right here over in the corner. Yeah, there we go. And that was colonialshooting.com at 6020 West Broad Street, Richmond, Virginia. Yep. Now I got it. Found my little paper. So check that out when you get a chance. Maybe we can get a group. If you live in the Maryland, D.C. area and you want to do like a, a road trip somewhere, you want to like meet up somewhere and then we all drive caravan or um, something, give me a call. And that speak pipe thing on the website works pretty good. Um, I didn't do it. I forgot, actually, that you can reach me toll free at 888 Six seven five zero two zero two, and my email address twenty four hours twenty four hours a day seven days a week is blackmanwithagun at gmail dot com, and it'll get to me, and I'll respond. Got um, 
missed my, I missed a couple of news items. Talked about that black, uh, Blanchard Media Group. It's going to be a monster. I mean, I really feel good. I don't I don't sucked away some money in that thing already, and it's not even launched yet. But expect a big launch party after I get uh, four or five, maybe six uh, principal administrators involved in it. I want to get the guys to um, hook their thing up, man. Put their hook the forum up, hook their pictures there, hook chat stuff, get everything loaded up so that when um, your audiences find it, it can be it can go public. You know, it's going to be a monster. It's going to be a mini Facebook almost um, of just gun rights activists. We have our own stuff in there. You don't have to to go anywhere else. Yeah. Interesting piece. We're going to see where it goes. And maybe I made one more financial mistake. If I did, it's my last. Um, it's my last two raw. I'm trying to consolidate and quit some stuff. Um, what doesn't work, I'm just going to stop. So um, if I hit a whole bunch of failures in the next couple of months, 2013 might not see me. We'll see what happens, though. Especially after I come back from California, I'm looking forward to doing that thing on on air. Um, maybe it's um, my opening to a whole other career, and I'm hoping that's the case. Um, I'm so ready for it. All right, so we talked about Google and the Blanchard Media Group, um, our Freedom Network. We talked about the Gun Rights Policy Conference, or did I? Yep, last week of September, the Legally Armed in Detroit's Open Carry Dinner let me put that up so you can hear it again. Refresh your memory. I'm inviting you to a party. If you can make it, do this. Where? Detroit, Michigan. When? August 13th. Yeah, 2012. It's being hosted by Rick Ector, National Rifle Association credentialed firearms trainer who provides CCW classes in Michigan with his own school, Rick's Firearms Academy of Detroit. In support of open carry, gun rights, and freedom everywhere, make it your business to be in Motown for history-making dinner featuring John Pierce of OpenCarry.org and me, your friend and brother from another mother. Monday, August 13th, 2012, from 6 to 10, where the upper room Grand River Avenue, Detroit, Michigan. For more details, go to legallyarmedindetroit.com. Check out the Facebook page for the events, and you'll actually find it on blackmanwithagun.com as well. It's an event bright occasion. It's going to cost twenty-five bucks if you do it now, forty at the door, thirty-five if you wait too long, and it's not for money. Rick has made it so that it's the best venue that we can have for whoever comes. It's not about making money. It's about making history and having a good time. I want to see you in the place. August 13th, 2012. Legally armed in Detroit's second annual open carry dinner. Yeah. Not by some national organization, but by a grassroots guy. Come out, show your support, show your love, and meet me, the black man with a gun. All right, I hope I got you to think about something else other than your problems, because uh, the Urban Shooter Bar and Grill is where the food is good for your soul. Mm -hmm. We got a promo here from Gun Owns of America Radio. And then I'll be right back. The U.S. Constitution is without a doubt the defining factor that sets America apart from the rest of the planet. The Second Amendment is the part that gives the Constitution teeth, truly empowering we, the people. Since 1975, Gun Owners of America has been the ever-vigilant watchdog of the Second Amendment. GOA attends every hearing, pushing daily in order to safeguard your right to keep and bear arms and will accept no compromise. Because after all, it's a right, not a privilege. I'm Bill Frady, and this is Gun Owners of America Radio. And now, back to the ever-present, incredibly groovy, cool Ken Blanchard and the Urban Shooter Podcast. Thank you, Big Bill. And you can check out Gun Owners of America Radio 
Um, you can find him on iTunes. Like he's there now. Look for it. Gun Owners of America Radio. And uh, send me a note. Tell me what's going on in your world. Tell me what you, you're going to prepare for for the next big emergency. You can find me on Facebook. I got about four pages, and I got to figure that out. I'm Black Man with a Gun 1, uh, Urban Shooter Podcast, Ken Blanchard. And uh, I said Urban Shooter Podcast already. Yeah, that's at least three. Woo. That boy spread thin. We talked about dry firing. Gave you a leprechaun story again. And we had Big Rodney with his debut um, doing some comedy and a shoe review from Barbara Baird of Women's Outdoor News. And I'm hoping that, again, I took you away that I made you think about something else other than your problems. Hope you liked the food. Hope everything went uh, copacetic. And uh, if you like the show, feel free to tell somebody. Share it on your social media networks. If you found something offensive that you didn't like, that you didn't think was right, tell me. I'll try to fix it. I'm here for you. My name is Ken Blanchard. I'm your friend. I'm your brother from another mother. I am the pastor of Patriots, Pistoleros, and Paladins. And ladies, you know why it's difficult to find men who are sensitive, caring, and good-looking? They got boyfriends already. Until next week, shalom, baby. This concludes another weekly edition of the Urban Shooter Podcast. Thanks for listening. Feel free to leave Ken a review on iTunes about the show. Join the forum on blackmanwithagun.info or comment on the show notes on kenblanchard.com. I am so going to get in trouble for that comedy, those bad jokes, and those crazy transitions. Oh, pushing the envelope yet again.